As a child's brain grows, they begin to develop an ability called bilateral coordination. As adults, many of us rely on this skill to perform regular tasks, like climbing stairs, tying shoelaces, or typing in a review for our favorite podcast, where the two sides of our body are being asked to perform a task simultaneously. This is Odyssey, the new electronic game simulator. You attach Odyssey to your television set in seconds to create a closed-circuit electronic playground. Since as early as 1972, with the dual movement dials of the Magnavox Odyssey 100, video games have depended on the player's ability to hone and master bilateral coordination to conquer interactive worlds, to get from point A to point B with varying degrees of complexity. However, in Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, writer and director Joseph Ferris and developer Starbreeze Studios take the seemingly simple task that has dominated video games for the last 40 years of doing two opposite things at once and subverts it in a way that lets it serve as the catalyst for the player to feel familial love and loss on a level that few stories have ever accomplished before. From Meaning What and It's No Sam Studios, you're listening to Play Up, a monthly exploration of powerful storytelling in video games. I'm your host, Christopher Scott McNeil. Throughout Brothers, Ferris takes themes of growth, love, and loss that are common in other types of media, and he tailors them for an interactive experience so that a player can empathize more deeply with the two brothers, known only as Big Brother and Little Brother. The game opens on Little Brother mourning at his mother's grave, who he had failed to save from drowning. The player is then faced with another potential tragedy. The brothers find that their father has grown ill, and the doctor of their small village suggests that the only way to save their last remaining parent is to make a long and dangerous journey to find the medicine that he desperately needs. There is no true villain in Brothers which can be considered a rarity in adventure games. While there are enemies, both large and small, that must be overcome, they merely serve as obstacles that stand in the way of the brothers from saving their father. By doing so, the game allows the player to stay engaged with the reason for the protagonists undertaking this arduous journey instead of focusing on the motivations of those who may stand in their way. As the game progresses, the player guides the brothers through a world that becomes more and more inspired by folklore. The Scandinavian roots of Ferris and Starbreeze Studios shines as the player traverses beautifully ornate natural landscapes while bringing the brothers closer to their end goal, retrieving medicine from a large tree that is reminiscent of Yggdrasil from Norse cosmology. On their way, they encounter non-player characters inspired by Scandinavian folklore, like giants, wolves, carnivorous trees, and an invisible white, but none of these can truly be considered an antagonist. Video game developers have been using mythology and folklore for their content for decades, but more large studios began to utilize these types of stories as the basis for their AAA titles after God of War saw tremendous financial and commercial success in 2005. The gods of Olympus have abandoned me. Ferris and Starbreeze Studios, however, steered away from such trappings and instead 
they use the Scandinavian folklore found throughout Brothers as a sort of scaffolding to help the player become more fully immersed in the bond that ties the brothers together. There is no true dialogue in Brothers. While many of the characters speak, it is in a fictional language that Ferris developed based on his own Lebanese Arabic, so the player is forced to infer meaning based on tone and body language. Despite this, or perhaps because of this, the myriad of characters that the player is introduced to throughout Brothers are filled with a vibrant humanity that colors an already colorful world. In the director's commentary, Ferris says, you know, there, Many of the people have reacted a lot uh, for the story of Brothers, and really, it's an extremely simple story. It's about two brothers, and they're going to save their father. And people have been really hit by the story, and they don't actually understand anything of this, what they're saying. But at the same time, you can... While many of the interpersonal interactions are integral to the story and puzzles, like Little Brother's refusal to swim, which is likely due to the trauma of losing his mother, or the mushroom-ridden troll offering assistance in exchange for the brothers rescuing his beloved, Ferris wanted the world to feel much more lived in, and he worked with Starbreeze to develop a myriad of side stories that range from spinning a sheep around until it vomits to saving a stranger from killing himself after he is unable to save his family from a fire. Each brother has his own unique way of interacting with the world. Big Brother is stronger and can lift equipment or operate levers that Little Brother cannot, while Little Brother's smaller size allows him to fit through obstacles or be launched by a catapult. The strengths and weaknesses of the two brothers becomes apparent within the first minutes of the game, and such a mechanic not only lets the player know that these two must depend on one another to complete their common goal, but also, as Joystick's Ludwig Keitzman wrote in 2013, that the player is the fabric that binds the brothers together. Ferris, a Swedish-Lebanese filmmaker, had released five feature films before transitioning to creating Brothers. After its 2013 release, the game was met with widespread acclaim for its cinematic story that combined his filmmaking history with his longtime love for games like Final Fantasy III and Secrets of Mana. In an interview with Game Reactor, Ferris says, For me, the game industry, there's so much creativity to be explored. I mean, it's coming really cool and new good games, but I think that there are much more to come and there are much more to explore. And, to and capitalize on this unexplored creativity, the key mechanic of Brothers, and what I believe allows it to truly capitalize on the storytelling capabilities of video games, is how it challenges a player's inherent bilateral coordination by forcing them to play both Brothers simultaneously. On a platform like Xbox or PlayStation, the player utilizes a deceptively simple controller scheme to control and manipulate the brothers to overcome a variety of challenges that stand in their way. The left trigger and left analog stick control Big Brother, while the right analog stick and right trigger control Little Brother. Though the analog stick that is ubiquitous in video game controllers today was first introduced through the Nintendo 64 in 1996, the dual joystick design, those popularized by Sony's DualShock controller in 1997, has become a standard 
for controllers for the last 24 years. Hey, plumber boy, mustache man, your worst nightmare has arrived. Sony Computer Entertainment eventually followed PlayStation's launch with an innovative DualShock controller, which featured dual analog sticks for enhanced control and a rumble function. For most third-person adventure games, the left stick provides movement while the right maneuvers the camera. Brothers abandons this dichotomy, which puts the player in a sort of vulnerable state. As the game continues on, it becomes clear that Brothers is not an inherently difficult game, but instead, the challenge lies within oneself, trying to perform two tasks independently of each other, with failure usually resulting in one brother plummeting to his doom. This phenomenon of one arm disrupting the intended movements made with the other arm is called bilateral interference, and a common way of experiencing this is simple. If you're safely able to, take a minute to try and rub your stomach with one hand while patting your head with the other. There's a chance that such a task may be very difficult for you, but if you practice enough or if you're already familiar with it, then it becomes easier. This is the same sort of bilateral coordination I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, and it's the same kind of coordination that needs to be built up when one is learning to play the piano or the drums, where appendages are being asked to perform tasks completely independent of one another. If you are still rubbing your stomach and patting your head, even if it isn't perfect, it should be getting easier for you. Now, try switching hands. I think I was probably in my high school biology class when this was first suggested to me, and the combination of 30 teenagers all trying, and with many failing, to accomplish the task was met with a combination of laughter and frustration, but there was no one to blame for anyone who was struggling with the exercise. Brothers elicited a lot of the same reactions from me as I constantly found myself battling with my own coordination to conquer the game's puzzles. On their own, the challenges put in front of the player are fun and creative, relying almost completely on the problems of bilateral interference to stand in the way. However, once Brothers approaches the end of its short tail, such a challenge is taken in new and unexpected directions. If you haven't played Brothers yet, and you don't want any spoilers, then I suggest that you either stop here or skip ahead by three minutes. The climax of Brothers happens in a cave where the final boss deals a mortal blow to Big Brother. Soon after, the protagonists reach the Tree of Life and, controlling only one character for the first time, the player leaves Big Brother at the base of the tree while Little Brother ascends to procure the mystical, life-giving medicine that they so desperately need. But after Little Brother descends, he finds that Big Brother has died. Little Brother digs a grave for his kin at the base of the tree, but instead of doing so through a cutscene, the player must actively drag the corpse of Big Brother to his final resting place before burying him. During this, the player controls Little Brother with the right analog stick, which is opposed to the conventional left-oriented movement controls that have dominated video games since 1984 when 
the original Nintendo Entertainment System with its oblong brick-like controller with the cross-shaped joypad on the left side was released. The effort is cumbersome, and Little Brother moves at such a slow pace that the player is forced to reckon with his despair and frailty. An entire game built around the duality of their relationship is now shattered, and to hammer home the loss, the player must now control the remaining protagonist with their right hand, leaving the left hand as a sort of specter that looms over the denouement of the story. Roughly 90% of the game is spent building up the player's bilateral coordination, and by the end there is a sort of mastery that is developed, so much so that a subsequent playthrough of Brothers leaves the first several interactions trivially challenging. But with the loss of Big Brother, there's a sudden void for the player as well as Little Brother. I found myself continually trying to use my left hand, but I still can't tell if it was out of habit or longing or both. After Little Brother finds himself home, he is faced with one last challenge, to overcome many of the obstacles that he and Big Brother faced at the beginning. He is forced to swim and ascend walls that he previously couldn't do before, and he is only able to do so by channeling the memory of his older brother. By pressing the left trigger, which had been reserved for Big Brother's actions, the player can infuse a resolve in the remaining brother that allows him to overcome his fears and, ultimately, save their father. Though Brothers is a short game, it is so out of necessity for the vision that Ferris wanted to create. The player seldomly encounters two tasks that are identical. While a much longer game could have been made, Ferris felt as though recycling aspects of the game to increase the length would have detracted from the player experience and the world that he and Starbreeze were trying to create. I think that's one of the things that makes Brother such a cool experience that you, you know, you you get to do different things all the time, like a fairy tale, you know, you want to read new stuff and a new page and everything. But the themes of death loss, and tragedy that fill the world of Brothers are more akin to the fairy tales of the 18th and 19th centuries, touching on inescapable facets of our world that bind us all together. The game channels these themes by subverting the traditional role that a player has with the characters that they control and challenging the mechanics that have been used in video games for almost half a century. If you want to experience Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons for yourself, it is available from 505 games on several platforms, including last and next generation consoles. Next month, I will be looking at To the Moon, a beautifully simple game that harnesses the vision of a single auteur. If you have a game that you'd like to see covered on PlayUp, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at meaningwhatpod or via email at meaningwhatpod at gmail.com. is a product of It's No Sam Studios and was produced by me, Christopher Scott McNeil, with additional production provided by Mason Hirschnell and Sean Ang. I'd like to give a special thank you to my partner, Latrina McNeil, for introducing me to brothers, and Stephen McNeil for being my little brother and my best friend. 
Playups theme music is Copy Loop by Mason Hirschnell. It's no Sam Studios. Well, actually... Did I stutter?